You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. On the 13th of April, Aotearoa moved to the orange light setting. This meant the dispensation of mask mandates in some public places, notably schools. The decision to remove these mandates in schools has been received controversially. Last week, an internal email from the Ministry of Education to Education and COVID-19 Response Minister Chris Hipkins was leaked, displaying concern from the Ministry at the decision to remove mask mandates in schools. On April 13th, the Green Party released a statement explaining the party does not support the government's decision to move Aotearoa to Orange or the removal of mask rules for schools in a post on their website titled Keep Masks in Schools to Protect Tamariki. Earlier this week, I spoke to Lower North Island secondary school teacher Adam Weir about his first-hand experience of mask mandates in schools, including their recent expansion, and what this has meant for staff and student COVID concern and mask compliance. Kia ora, Adam. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. With the move to Alert Level Orange, masks are no longer governmentally required in schools. I can imagine this announcement provoked a range of reactions. It's undoubtedly a controversial topic. Can you describe some of the predominant reactions you witnessed from staff and students? Um, One reaction that we had was one of relief. Um, Some people have found um, putting on masks difficult or challenging. Um, Some students uh, really struggled to supply their own masks. And so there was some relief that um, teachers would no longer be um, required to manage start, uh, mask usage or mask provision for students. Um, however, uh, there's also a, a, a sense of the government giving up um, and finding protecting us from COVID um, too difficult. Um, some of us uh, feel like we've been left Um, without very many protections from COVID. Did you notice many students complaining or protesting about masks in the weeks leading up to the alert level change or was there a pretty strong culture of compliance? Uh, At the time, no. There was was very little in the way of complaints, um, very little in the way of protest. Um, Kids had begun to see mask wearing as the new normal um, in schools, Um, kids were asking that, you know, if they turned up without a mask, they'd immediately come over and say, can I have a mask, please? And we would sort that out for them as best we could. Um, We had masks available for any student that needed it. Um, And I think the policy could have carried on um, for another month, um, if not longer. Um, Just through good messaging. If teachers were doing a good job of explaining why the masks were a good idea and were necessary, and if the government continued to do that, and if, um, you know, cultural leaders in our communities had continued to do that, um, which they were, then I don't think it would have um, been an issue very much at all. Uh, The kids were quite dismissive, actually, um, and uh, there was a fair amount of ridicule for those who were... um, complaining about masks or complaining about mandates. And so the kids are following the science. The vast majority of them looked at masks as being a positive, uh, if annoying, but a positive, if annoying feature of life. But you know what? Winter's just started. So once we, you know, and it's, you can, 
I'm, I'm dressed up. I'm rugged up right now here at the school. Um, our windows are open. Our, um, you know, for ventilation. Kids, for the most part, are not wearing masks. I'm of the opinion that it's not going to take long for spread to go up um, because people will start shutting windows and people will start turning their rooms back into um, viral environments by neglecting um, protocol. Um, and they'll be doing it because the kids tell them, hey, I'm cold. You've mentioned there that there's a significant drop in students wearing masks since they became optional. Young people are often regarded to be a particularly impressionable demographic. If a student's friends aren't wearing masks, do you think that would be likely to influence their choice whether or not to mask up? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we had a norm. The norm was embedding itself. We were almost at the point where across the school um, we had really tight compliance and because everyone was doing it, everyone else was doing it, you know. Um, but the reality is that it's shifted now. Um, we can get it back. If we need to, we can get it back. Um, it will be a it'll be a hard task to reintroduce it, but we could do it. And we could do it by, you know, the same way that we did it in the first place, which was education. And we said to the kids, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about how this virus spreads. I'm going to talk to you about how it's airborne. It's not something that we have to worry about surfaces that much like we did at the start of the pandemic. And they'll go, oh, really? And like, yeah, it's, that's not a big deal. But what is a big deal is us breathing in a room together, sharing that air and increasing the likelihood. And, you know, once you start educating kids, you start telling them, the truth and you show them the science, they start to go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, kids are smart, um, but it's a matter of giving them a really generous amount of information and saying, look, we trust you to do the right things once you know what's going on. Um, and we could do that again. Um, it would be harder this time because we've got rid of it once. Do you think the lack of mask mandates in Orange could be contributing to any COVID-19-related anxieties students might already be facing? That's a good question. I know it is amongst staff. Um, uh, I, I've, I've had COVID. Um, I caught it here at school. I took it home to my family. I gave it to my wife. I gave it to my um, eight-year-old who'd had one jab, and I gave it to my five-year-old uh, who had had none. Um, and that was during the mask mandate. And so even with really good protections, sometimes people get COVID. Um, kids understand that masks aren't perfect, but, but some of our kids are looking around now and realising just how unprotected they are. Um, if we have another big upswing in the school community of cases like we did a month and a half ago, two months ago, when we had the big spike of, of Omicron here in, uh, in the lower North Island, um, then I think kids would start getting a bit more scared again. Um, we're seeing, I was reading something about a, an Auckland um, junior high school the other day that has had to shut down again. Um, and send kids home 
to stop the school having to go back into essentially uh, digital learning, home learning, um, to keep the school open, um, we need to put in place better protections um, So and bring back masks. But because the mandate's been removed, we will have pushback from some families. We will, maybe we will possibly have pushback from kids. Um, you know, why, why are we doing this if the government's removed these these rules? Do we tell the kids we're doing it because we disagree with the government? You know, do we say, hey, kids, a whole bunch of epidemiologists have said to the government that they're wrong um, and we're going to follow the epidemiologists because they know the science and the trust that was built up in the government, the trust that was built up in the COVID response will be broken and I, I think already has been broken for some people because of this shift, because it no longer looks like um, epidemiologists are being listened to. I mean, what? We just had a leak from the Ministry of Education saying that internally at the ministry, there is concern that we're not following the science. So who do we listen to in this situation? Who are our leaders? How far will school leadership across the country in different environments, how far will they push this? Because schools are built to follow a ministry's directives. And when the ministry gives you directives or removes directives, and that contradicts what you understand to be the right thing, um, you're stuck in a position there, um, which no school wants to be in. Um, so it's, it's a tough one for school leaders, principals, um, boards of trustees. It's a tough one for them to know what to do. And I think they've been they've been um, undercut, and they've been told these things that are really important. Guess what? They're no longer necessary. And uh, go and deal with the same risks as you used to face, but go and deal with them without the backing of the government. Go and deal with them without authority. Go and deal with them without mana. Um, the mana that the government can give in some situations, the mana that epidemiological support, you know, the support of the scientists, go and deal with the situation without their mana. And and that's, um, that's hugely problematic. Groups in support of the dispatching of mask mandates in schools might cite that primary age students cannot see their teachers' faces with masks on, and some new students might even struggle to make friends while wearing masks. Do these sorts of disadvantages have the potential to contest the benefits of mask wearing? No. <laughs> um, I think that they are downsides, yes. Um, they're downsides to mask mandates. They're downsides to mask wearing. Um, but the upsides of mask wearing um, far outweigh um, the potential loss Look, I, I, my, my kids are at primary school. I, I get that that masks provide a barrier or constitute a barrier um, between humans. Um, it's not a massive barrier, um, but it's it makes a difference to communication. It makes a difference to body language. It makes a difference to all these things that kids really need. I get that. But at the same time... Um, some difficulty here and there in a school environment um, versus long COVID for children. 
uh, I'm 100% behind protecting kids from long COVID um, and from COVID itself. So I, I, I think any sensible analysis of the risk profile there is going to say masks are a much better idea than no masks and kids get lots of COVID. That's, yeah, that's my take. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.